Are you a believer and just a believer, or are you a disciple of Jesus? Because there's a difference. There is a difference. There's lots of believers. Believe in Jesus. Believe that God is real. Believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And they're just believers. And they're going to heaven. But Jesus is calling disciples. He's calling on people to come and follow him. Follow him. Amen? Let's look at a couple scriptures. John, John chapter 8. If you brought your Bibles, John chapter 8. If you didn't, we have some Bibles floating around. If you guys want a Bible, you can grab those beginning of service. Or even now, somebody will find you and get you one. Red Bibles, they're awesome. <clears throat> John chapter 8. God is good to us all the time. You know, every time he teaches us something, it's for our benefit. We shouldn't walk away from church going, oh, I got something else I got to do. It should be like, yes, he loves me enough to give me some instruction to help me get to a better place. Yes, I have something else to do. It's exciting. John chapter 8. Let's start in verse 31. It says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. So I'm going to probably step on some toes this morning. You guys okay with that? But at Westside Church, we are unoffendable, right? Say, I am not not offendable. offendable. I am utterly unoffendable, right? You live, you live long, healthy life being unoffendable, right? Somebody come up and slap your mama. You'd be like, did you, did you fall? Did you fall and your hand just happened to come across my mama's face? Are you okay? Just totally different attitude than, buddy, buddy I'm gonna find your mama. <laughs> right? You live, a, you live a happier life being unoffendable, amen? And it especially applies in church, <laughs> You can be a believer and follow God, but you can be a believer and not be a disciple. In our day and age, there is a lot of pressure on believers to conform, to not stand up for what we believe, to be a follower of Jesus. There are worldviews that many, many Christians hold. Many, many, many Christians hold. And you can believe, be a believer and you can love God and you can have these worldviews that are very secular, but you cannot be a lover of the word and a disciple of Jesus and hold those worldviews. You cannot. Because if we're following Jesus, then we value what he values. Human life is a value to God. It's valuable, amen? And we need to hold that true and tight and make sure we put, put up a stand for it, amen? It's important. There are views that view uh, gender, that view orientation, you know where I'm going with that? There are views that, that view all kinds of things as okay. And, the, and people say, well, Jesus was tolerant and he preached tolerance and love and acceptance. No, he didn't. <laughs> he preached repentance and the kingdom of God. That's what he preached. If we're, if we're not doing right, we need to repent. So we've got we to get to that place, right? That being a disciple is saying, I'm surrendering my view and my way and I am yielding to him. Amen. And it starts with the word. You hear me harp on it all the time. The word, the word, the word. Why the Bible? This is our manual. This is our love letter from God to tell us and show us how to live and act and walk. And he said, if you'll follow this, you'll have success. It's guaranteed. You can find success in other ways, but it's temporal. It'll slip from your fingers like sand in your hand. You follow God's plan, it's rock solid. 
That success is rock solid. He said, if you'll abide my word, then you are my disciples. Let me read you another scripture, uh, that same scripture out of the Amplified. The Amplified version says, so Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word continually, obeying, he said this, this is the Amplified part. If you abide in my word, which is continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. Think about that. Think about that. The truth, the truth. You don't get to the truth that sets you free until you value the word of God and abide in it. What does that mean, abide? To read it, to put it inside, and then to act on it. That's to abide in the word. To abide in the word. That's following him. Anybody ever seen the or heard of the show? I'm talking to like 40 and older right now. The Kung Fu. You remember Kung Fu? David Carradine. Come on, I see some chuckles and some giggles, right? Kung Fu, right? And, and, uh, and he keeps flashing back to his childhood when he was a kid. And, and when he was a kid and he was in training, he was grasshopper. Ah, grasshopper, I show you something, right? All the time. And he was asking him questions. And it wasn't just in the Kung Fu moves, right? The it wasn't, it wasn't all that. He was learning that. He was learning how to defend himself. At, but there were lots of times when the flashback was he was looking at a butterfly or he saw a bird or he saw something in nature and, and he was with his teacher and his teacher was teaching him in precept and example. That's being a disciple. You are learning from the master by precept and by example. You are imitators of him. The Bible says that when the disciples uh, got full of the Holy Spirit, right? Remember that in Acts 2, they got full of the Holy Spirit and they just burst out of there preaching the, whole, the Spirit of God and preaching the kingdom of God and saw signs and wonders and miracles just like Jesus. The people that were around him took notice and said, these guys have been with the Lord because they, were, they looked just like him. They looked just like him. They were walking in love. They were helping people. They were preaching the gospel. They had good things in them that they were imparting to other people because they had become disciples of Jesus, imitators of him. So we have this, we have this uh, view of discipleship that it's just this um, scholastic view, this teacher-student, right? And that's the Western view. But what we really need is an Eastern view of what this word disciple means is that we come alongside and we follow and we learn and we are uh, students in precept and in example, not just observers, not just taking notes furiously, and writing it all down, but out there doing it and seeing how it is in the word the Lord's showing us and then walking it out. That's a disciple. Amen. The Bible calls many different people in the, in the scriptures. It says that Jesus came and uh, he was talking to his disciples and there was a multitude of disciples, but there were 12 that he poured his life into and they became the apostles. But there were many people that were with Jesus, watching and learning and growing. There were 500 people that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection, and he said, I'm alive forevermore. 500 people. And then there was 120 that were in the upper room that stayed in Jerusalem and waited for the Holy Spirit to come on the day of Pentecost. They were disciples. They were followers of Jesus. Not just the 12. He called them his disciples because they were with him all the time eating, sleeping, breathing. But there were many people around Jesus that were learning and growing. And then outside of that, there were many more people that were just believers. Just believers. God's calling us to be more than just believers. Believe, being a believer is good. That's a good thing. You're in, right? 
You're a believer. You're in. Going to heaven? God's kid? That's good. But there's more than just being a believer. We want to be disciples, followers of Lord Jesus. See, my, my heart's desire for our church is that we get so grown in the spirit, so mature in the things of God that we are just rock solid. That even if I went absolutely nuts, crazy, and skipped town, you'd be like, well, bless his little heart. We're gonna keep serving Jesus because we know, we know the truth. We are gonna stay with this. I don't want anybody to ever see somebody on the outside or somebody that you look up to miss it and fall and it costs you your faith. That is not okay with me. We have got to be planted on the rock for ourselves. We can't be built around people and personalities and your favorite preacher. We can't do that. Jesus is who we follow. We look to him, right? I'm not trying to make disciples of Corey Tobin or Westside Church. Followers of Jesus is our goal. If you're following him, you can't go wrong. I can miss it. We've seen the high profile cases, people missing it, falling large and big. And it's a mess, right? And they became disqualified in that race. But you know what? That shouldn't affect our race. Amen. Amen. We've got to be rock solid in what the word says about us. So even if everybody else fails around us, nope, I'm serving the king. I'm serving the king. So if, uh, if someone is responsible for introducing you to the master and teaching you the principles and the directives of the master, does that make them your master? No, it's just an introduction, right? It's just them saying, here he is, and that's all I'm doing. This is the master. We all serve him, amen? It's important. So even if I went nuts, and I'm not planning on it, but even if I did went crazy, you all be like, Okay, let's just pray for him, right? We're gonna keep serving God the rest of our lives. Just keep going, amen, running our race. Is that true? Man, we've gotta get after it. Thank you, Lord. So in the Greek, disciple is a learner or a follower, but not just a pupil, but an adherent. Hence, it's spoken of they are imitators of their teacher. We wanna be imitators of Jesus. Was he good? Was he, was he ever, he lived in the flesh, right? Do you think there was ever a day when Jesus woke up to build tables before his ministry and just thought, I don't feel like getting up at all. I think I might just stay in bed today. Sure, he said he was in all points tempted like we are. But we gotta discipline ourselves to be a disciple. It requires discipline. How many need a little more discipline besides me? Thank you, Jesus, like seven people. Come on, y'all. Like we need more discipline, we need to say no to some stuff and yes to some other stuff. And it's not always fun to eat broccoli. <laughs> right? It's, it's way more fun to eat junk food. <laughs> and them donuts, right? Y'all, just slow down on them. Yeah. <clears throat> the other example is Star Wars. This will help the kids that are younger than 40. Star Wars, right? You got a Jedi master and you got a Padawan. The Padawan learner, if you don't know what a Padawan is, don't worry about it, right? I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Padawan learner, right? You've got somebody that is following the master, following this Jedi, learning in precept and example over and over and over and over again, learning the principles that guide that teaching, right? We are the Lord's Padawan learners. And, And there's good and bad that can come from this. If you're a good learner, you'll learn good principles. You'll learn things that will help you when you're on your own. And you'll learn to do the right thing in the right moment. If you're not a good learner, you end up covering the disgrace and the mess of what you've gotten yourself into, like Darth Vader. The mask, the robe, because there's, there's just a mess in there. Even a voiceover. 
right? James Earl Jones could be your voice just disguising you. But we want to be good learners, amen? We want to learn the right principles. We want to learn to put aside the things that are temptations to us and say, mm, nope, 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 I know where that goes. I'm not going to the dark side, yeah. right? God is good. Acts chapter 20, stay with me. You guys doing okay? This is meant to be a challenge to us because I'm telling you, being a disciple is not easy and I will never promise you that it's easy. But I'm telling you, the alternative, it is way better. Who's my runners? Where are my runners? I got like two runners, three runners. Where's my crossfitters? People that just like working out, Scott? Yeah, okay, all right. Where's the people that just like do any kind of workout because it's just fun? Okay, all right. So (laughs) there's something that happens at the end of a workout or in the middle toward the end that your body just loves. It just, it kicks in, those endorphins, right? These runners and these workout folks, like they hit, they go for the endorphin rush. True? And there's just something about, you don't, always, you, don't always, you don't always get up early when you feel like it. But you know that there is, a, there is a goal to set and then there is a prize at the end. It's worth it. It's worth it. Amen? <laughs> it's worth it. Acts chapter 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. This verse shows clearly that there were people in the church that were gonna come up and try to draw disciples to themselves. That is not what we, we are not following personalities. We are not following certain ministries, certain teachers. We can glean good things from from a multitude of different people that are teaching the word. But they are not our master. They are introducing us to the master. Does that make sense? And we got to know this clearly so that when they fall, or if they fall, I should say, if they make a mistake, let's not, let's not shoot them down before they get there, right? But if they make a mess and it happens, that we're, it's, not, it's not detrimental to us, amen? Because the Bible says it's going to happen. We got to be rock solid. That's, that's on us, true? Paul said, imitate me many, many times, but he followed it with, as I follow Christ." Imitate me as I imitate Christ. He was pointing us to Jesus. That's who we're supposed to look at. That's who we're supposed to look at, the master. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Being a disciple requires a much greater submission and commitment. I'm telling you, when we make this decision, it will cost you something. It will cost you something. Think about all the decisions that mattered in your life. They cost you something. They cost you time. They cost you talent. They cost you treasure. They cost something, but the price paid is worth it. That's what he's saying. The price paid is worth it. Run the race so that you may obtain the prize. We're all running a race, running our own race. We're not running against each other, but we're running our race. Run in such a way that you obtain the prize. It takes discipline, not a fun word, (laughs) not a fun word, but a necessary word, very necessary. (laughs) Luke 5. You guys take a little more scripture? Look at Luke 5. Watch what happened with the disciples. Luke chapter 5. This will change your whole life right here. You've seen this in your life already. You've disciplined in areas where you've seen some success. 
You've changed your diet, you've worked out, you've got a job, you've studied something, you've, you've excelled, you've gotten promoted because of work. You've seen discipline work in your life already. How much more in the spirit should we be disciplined? The real us, the one that lives forever, our spirit man should be disciplined, right? And it, and it aches for it. Oh, it, it wants us so bad to put our flesh under. Would you just tell your flesh no just once, right? Stop eating, right? Get out of bed, your spirit, man, it's, it's on it. Verse 10, Luke five ten. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all? Am I reading that right? He was just fishing, his livelihood. This is how he makes money to provide for his family. He was just in the boats. Let Jesus use his boat, caught a huge, Jesus said, go out, catch, catch some more fish. He caught a huge catch of fish. And when they had brought it in, they forsook all and they followed Jesus. What does it mean to forsake all? For them, it was leaving everything behind. Now in the Christian circles, people put their arms up like, What? Peter left his family? They left their families behind to follow Jesus? Are you kidding me? I thought it was family first. He forsook all. Now listen, Jesus is a beggar to no man. He pays his bills. And if he's called you to do something, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. He takes care of his kids. A soldier doesn't go at his own cost. He goes at the cost of one that called him. True? True? Think about this. What have we given up? Family's important. I'm not saying they left them high and dry. I'm saying Jesus started paying the bills and it started with the biggest catch of fish they had ever caught. And it paid some bills for a while. I'll tell you that right now. Amen. Big time. They forsook all and they followed the master because there's something about him that's different. There's something about him that's different. If these men would just leave everything behind to follow Jesus, what are we willing to sacrifice? What is he asking us to do? Come on now. That means there's gonna be a sacrifice sometimes, right? There's gonna be a, a game you might miss. There's gonna be a, a, an event you might not get to go to. There might be something that comes up that's trying to keep you from something God wants you to do. It's gonna happen. It's a test. It's a test. Discern the tests. Recognize what they are. Not every single conflict is a test, but a lot of them are. Think about that. What's important? Well, my family is first. If, if your family's on the throne of your life and they're first, then God cannot be in that place. There is only one master. One seat on the throne at a time. Boy, that made y'all quiet. I'm telling you, you're, the best thing you can do for your family and anyone you love is to follow God with your whole heart. That is the best decision you can make. Because when he's first, he takes care of everything else. When you usurp Jesus from the throne of your life and you put anything else in place of it. And I like to fly. It's way up the, up the list. But if you put it in the first, the rest is just on your, it's on your own. We've got to be willing to put Jesus first, even if it means we have to sacrifice something. 
These guys had families. When Jesus left the earth, they kept preaching the gospel. They still saw their families. They were in the region. Their families were taken care of. Jesus made sure of it. If for one second you think Jesus walked the earth with his disciples and they were poor, you are sadly mistaken. Jesus had so much money coming into his ministry that he had a full-time treasurer watching over the money bag and he was stealing from it regularly and it was unnoticed. That's how much was coming in. He was taking care of the ministry. They had so much dough that the disciples asked Jesus, should we go into town and buy food for all these people? It wasn't sarcastic. (laughs) Like, well, we we can wheel and deal. We could get some food out here, but it's going to take us a while to get there and get back. And Jesus is like, I I got this one. We're going to multiply the food we got. Come on now. Jesus was not broke. He was taking care of his kids. He was taking care of his disciples and their families. He is a beggar to no man. He will take care of you. We've got to absolutely believe that. And it shows in what we do. It shows in our actions. What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to lay down? A disciple is a follower and an imitator of his teacher in precept and an example. Jesus cares about you. He loves you. He wants the absolute best for you and his way is higher than we can think. That means that when we do it, we are stepping outside of what we know to be true and just saying, okay, God, I trust you. That's what faith is. I trust you. I'm willing to step out where I don't see where I'm landing. It's possible. It's possible for us to trust God like that. And I'm telling you, those victories are fun. Those victories are fun. When you just step out in faith and you just see God meet you. You guys remember Indiana Jones, right? When he had to step out over that abyss that seemed endless and he was like, (laughs) okay, eyes shut, trepidation and just took the step. And there was a stone there that just happened to be perfectly placed that he couldn't see. Sometimes God's going to ask you to do something and you don't see what the step is. And that's okay. He does. Thank you, Lord. They forsook all. Everybody say, they forsook all. all. (laughs) Go down to verse 27. Same chapter. After these things, he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi. Tax collectors were like the IRS are today. Nobody wants to see that guy ever, right? Barely human. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, y'all. Come on now. Love him. I love him. And he saw Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me, verse 28. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. He, le- he has a good thing going. The tax collectors, man, they were skimming. They had some money. He left all and followed Jesus. What is, what is the Lord asking us to do? He's asking us to give up our, our wants and just submit to him. Now, when you do that as a kid, God knows what your wants are. He can get you your desires and your dreams, but we have to be submitted to him to walk in it the right way. You can get dreams and goals. You can have vision for your own life and you can get there because you're a human being. God's created you to be creative and to be sharp and smart and quick and bright and good looking. He's created you this way. And you can attain some things in the natural, absolutely. But if you get it the wrong way, it's temporal. It's like the wind blowing. Don't know where it comes, where it goes. We, just, we had that thing that one time and it's gone. But if we get it the right way, it's eternal. God doesn't want you to be a 
sorry, sad Christian. He wants you to be a happy, fun, excited, successful believer because it shows forth his goodness in your life. We all go through tough stuff, all of us, right? But it's the going through that we got to focus on. This too shall come to pass. Thank you, Lord. Right? Learn something on the way through. Those are tests and trials and learning moments. Learn it. Learn it. God's trying to get you through something into something else. Amen? Thank you, Lord. (laughs) He said to Levi, follow me. Not be a believer. He didn't say believe in me. He said, follow me, right? So then Levi got right up and he canceled all of his schedule for the rest of the afternoon. No, he said it forsook all. He forsook all. Following doesn't mean just one hour a week. It means I'm gonna live this lifestyle. I'm gonna be grasshopper, right? What does this look like? What do I do here? What about this, right? It's different. He forsook all. Well, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> At the end of that scripture we read in John eight thirty two, it says, the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. That means it sets you free from bondages, from captivity, from wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of acting, from sin itself that is, the Bible says is bondage. But the truth and walking in and living in the truth will set us free. But it starts with, We've got to abide in the word and be his disciples. Then that word, which you know and which you do, that truth will set you free. There are a lot of people that know about the truth, but it is not setting them free. Even believers, it's not setting them free because they're not abiding in the word. They're not following after the Lord Jesus. They know about the word. They know some scriptures. They know how to find some things. But abiding is a sold out discipline to what God has said. What did he say? What did he say to you? There's lots of stuff in here he says to us. It's all good. And there are things that he's saying to us in here for right now, for this season in our life, where we live, what we're doing. This is the season we live in. There are things he is speaking to our hearts that will make an impact with our lives right now. Come on now, that's good news. That means there's an answer for everything you're facing. Every single thing you're facing right now, there's an answer. And it's, and it's gonna work out for your benefit when you follow him. He's not going to drop you in a tar pit and say, well, figure that out. Good luck. It's like, uh, you need to veer a little left here, son. You're heading for mess. Oh, okay, I can do that. Simple, simple, abiding in the word. When I went to Rama, the Bible school, it was funny that <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, we had this big orientation and they challenge us to really think about, did God call you here to train for ministry? And not everybody there is gonna be a pastor or a missionary or a evangelist. There are a lot of people that went to Rhema and go to Rhema that just wanna be involved in ministry and they go back and serve in their home churches and they serve like you guys are serving all over the place. You're doing ministry whether you went to Bible school or not when you come and serve. That's ministry, it's work. Somebody's gotta straighten chairs, right? Cody and I cannot do all of this. Good night, nurse, right? We need to help. And you guys want to do your part too. And we're seeing that on a regular basis. You guys are awesome. But when we went to Raymond, they asked us, they challenged us. They said, did God call you here? Did you hear from him? And resounding, yes, yes. Called, 
We're, we're here, excited, right? It's the first week here at Bible school. You're excited. What's interesting is that as, as the months go on, people you used to see in class are not in class anymore. Well, where did they go? I thought they were called to go to Bible school. What happened? And you hear stories of what happened. One couple went back home, quit and went back home because they got a parking ticket on the school grounds for parking in the instructor's parking spots. They're painted blue. And they tell us at the beginning, don't park in the blue. Super clear, right? No confusion whatsoever. We park in the yellow where everybody else parks. But if you're late, some of the yellow slots are in the gravel. And she always wore high heel shoes. And the gravel was messing up her shoes. And they got a ticket for parking in the teacher's spot so that she wouldn't mess her shoes up. And they're upset and they're leaving. Walking out of the plan of God because you got a ticket for parking in the wrong spot. Come on now. That ain't right. That's why I tell us, and we say it, we are unoffendable. We are unoffendable. Another fellow quit school because he came in and told him, he says, you know, I'm just not eating good. And they were like, well, what's going on? Are you not making, making enough money? What, you know, can we help you with food? And he goes, you know, he said, I've been eating these ramen noodles for like three months. He says, back home, every Wednesday, mama cooks steak. Oh, and it's good steak. And then fried chicken on Fridays. He said, ah, I'm just not eating good enough. I got to go home. You got to go home to eat? Are you called or not? <laughs> Discipline is going to be required to follow after the things of the Lord. Is that true? I mean, it's going to require us to just be a little tougher than the average Joe. Because we live in a generation of whiny babies. Amen. I mean, offended about every little thing. Are you kidding me? And your offense is totally subjective. It's not objective. What offends you might not offend you, right? I mean, you might be totally offended at boy bands. Well, how do you regulate that? Come on now, we got to be tougher. We got to be tougher than the generation that we're living in. We got to just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. Look at the Bible. Look at following Jesus as a soldier that we're at his will to command. You know, there's, there's U.S. troops all over the world right now. All over the world right now. They have taken the fight elsewhere so we don't have to fight here. You grateful for them? Yeah. I'm grateful that, that I don't have to do that. You're right. I, I didn't have the pleasure of serving, but I don't have to be there right now. They are. Do you feel like they feel like getting out of their cots every morning? Rolling out of bed, strapping on the gear, going into the fire. You think they feel like that every day? <laughs> Absolutely not. What does feeling have to do with it? We are soldiers. Whether you feel like it or not, if you're serving the Lord, we are in his command. <laughs> Show me what to do. Teach me how to do it. Teach me how to be strong and have some fortitude in the day and age we live in so we can stand up for what is right, believe God right, act right, do right, think right. It takes some fortitude. Takes some discipline, right? Start. We got to start somewhere. <clears throat> Jesus is the Word. He is the truth. The Word was made manifest in our life. It is destined to break bondages loose in us. He is the Word that sets us tr- sets us free. It's Him. The Word was made flesh. First Corinthians nine says this, twenty four through twenty seven in the New American Standard. It says, do you not know <clears throat> that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? 
Run in such a way that you may win. Run in such a way that you may win. That's different than just showing up and finishing. Yeah? Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. The games that we celebrate as the Olympic Games were going on at this time. They had games. A little more brutal than what we celebrate now, but they had games. And there were competitors that forsook all to compete, to discipline their body, to compete as if they were going to win. They were competing to win. That's, that's what he's making the analogy to. And when we see, the, like in our day, we see the Olympics. And we see these people achieving great feats of strength and agility and athleticism. It's astonishing what they can do. But they didn't start two months ago. Some of them started when they were six and five. I was reading about one of the gymnasts. She started when she was five years old. By the time she was eight, she was being professionally coached. And her parents, thank you, Lord, for rich parents, built her a gym 10 minutes from their home so her commute was shorter and she trained and trained and trained and trained and even homeschooled so that she could train more. This is the rigors that the Olympic athletes go through to attain a goal. How much more us? I mean, we are competing for the prize that the master is handing down. Jesus, the son of the living God, the creator of planets and stars has destined us to run a race for him. And we'll either get to the end of our life and realize we, ne- we never even got close to the end or we'll get to the end, of the end of our life and go, I ran the race and I ran it well. Come on now, it's our choice. There's time left. There is time left for us to run our race and do what God's called us to do. Amen. We gotta get after it. We gotta be disciplined. We gotta wake up. We gotta say no to some things and yes to some things. Yeah? Michael Phelps, the swimmer, one of the most decorated gold medal athletes ever, sleeps in an altimeter chamber that changes his altitude and and barometric pressure so he can have the best sleep possible. Talk about having no family or love life whatsoever, right? But the guy's disciplined. I mean, that takes some dedication. We look at these people and we go, man, that is such a cool, man, they obtained this prize. We have no idea the sacrifices they made. Michael Phelps didn't miss a practice. For seven years, not one day, Christmases, New Year's, birthdays, not one. Most decorated athlete of our time. How many days off do you want to take from serving the Lord? How many days off a week or a month? Just rest. You think those Olympic athletes didn't have one day? They were like, I do not want to get up early. I'd rather be on the couch, watching some TV, eating a whole bag of tater chips. Mm. Right? And a serving of ice cream, which everyone knows is when the spoon hits the bottom of the container, right? That's a serving. Scrape, scrape, done. Everyone knows that. Half a cup. There are lots of days they don't want to do any of, any of the stuff they normally do. But they do it. They get up because they're running a race to win the prize. Amen. Come on, we're, we're called with such a high calling to serve the creator of planets and stars. I mean, come on now. It's the greatest calling of our lives. 
We've got to be willing to be disciplined. Lay down some things. Go after some things of God. That means getting in the word and finding out what he says to us. Amen. Not just memorizing it. Not just peeling through it as fast as possible. To get in there and say, God, what do you want to say to me today? Being men and women of prayer. Men and women of the word. Men and women of fellowship. The body of Christ. We're called to something higher. And God will love us the whole way if we are completely undisciplined. Believers go to heaven. Disciples run the race as if to win. Run your race. Amen? Run our race. Thank you, Lord. Millions of believers have no concept of what we're talking about right now. I mean believers, Christians, people we love and cherish in churches all over the world have not even glimpsed what it looks like to be disciplined. But God's brought it upon us to say, come on, come on, church. There's more. Be disciplined. Go after some things. Say no to some things. Say yes to some things. Put the word first. Put God first place in your life. Seek him daily. If that requires getting up early or staying up late, whatever it is, seek him daily. Let him speak to you. Let him guide you. Let him work on your heart. Show you things in his word. Every time you open this, you're fellowshipping with the Lord. Every time. It's his word. He's one with his word. He can talk to you through that just as clear as day. The word will make a difference in your life forever and ever and ever. Anybody found that out? The word makes a difference. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy 2, Paul tells Timothy, he says this, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He's telling them, hang on, be strong, operate in that grace. That means there's some fortitude that God will give us as we commit to being disciplined. He will, the grace is that unmerited favor. It's the strength to do what he's called us to do. It's amazing. And we won't tap into it until we decide, okay, I'm gonna be disciplined. And then there's just this infusion of help, strength, increase, blessing. Once we make that decision. It's so important, amen? So important. <clears throat> Let me just read this last scripture and I'll close. 2 Timothy, as that continues, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5, says that you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Therefore, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's amazing, right? He is comparing us to athletes and to soldiers. This should not be a scary thing. This should be an exciting thing. It's like your orders have come down. The challenge has been dropped this morning. Be a disciplined human being. Go after some things of God. He will absolutely get you where you need to be, but it will require us stepping from being just a believer into being a follower to saying, I am your grasshopper. Lead me as you, see, as you please, right? He's our master, amen? He's our master. And it's important we recognize that and go after the things of God. Anybody found that out? You, you sacrificed, you laid some things down and the prize was worth it. The price you paid was worth it. Man, it's so much sweeter when we're serving God and we're doing what he called us to do. It's so much sweeter because this life's short. I mean, you're on this planet, you're 75, 80 years old. You you look back, it was like, 
That went by quick. All right, 42, three kids. Wow, just happened. Wake up one day, got a family. Chia pet Instagram, right? Just pour water on. Here they are. What, how did that happen? But you're, you're going to be somewhere in 10 years. You're going to be somewhere in five, somewhere in 20. You want to be smack in the middle of the will of God or still trying to figure out your own thing? I'm telling you, the will of God's good. It's good. Amen? Thank you, Lord. So God's got, a, God's got a vision for us. Our dreams and our goals, we talked about the last couple of weeks where we laid down and we, we put visions and dreams and goals before the Lord and said, Lord, these are things on our heart. Lord, we believe you've led us into these and we prayed over them. But God's gonna have to be the one to make those come to pass in your life. And we've got to submit them to him and watch him work. And it takes discipline. Amen? Discipline. There's no such thing as a spiritual person who is undisciplined. There is no such thing as a spiritual person that's undisciplined. Discipline translates in all areas of our life. Paul said, I beat my body and I bring it into subjection. That means he wasn't physically doing himself harm, but he was not letting his flesh tell him what to do. It was not making decisions for him because there were days he didn't want to get up. There were days that he didn't want to keep going. He wanted to take a break. His flesh was like, we've we've done enough. But he kept pushing and pushing because life is short. It's short, and we got a lot, of, a lot of work to do. Amen? But we can do it. It's exciting. Do I got any people who want to be disciplined? Right? Have some discipline in your life. Say no to some things and say yes to some things. It'll change the landscape of your life. A year from now, you won't even recognize what you looked like before when you discipline yourself. Amen?